Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Learning Exchange. I hope that uh, all of you have settled into this new year and are uh, excited about the opportunities ahead. Today, my topic of choice is, uh, let's say, new year, new hires, new training, and onboarding or orientation. So I, for today, I have a lot of questions to pose to you just to get the wheels turning, but also to, to share some thoughts along the way. Um, so diving right in, when I think about 2020, when I think about all of the impacts uh, that we've felt uh, throughout our businesses that have impacted our training processes, I started to find myself talking with other learning professionals and HR professionals, trying to understand the impacts. Uh, what are people currently doing for new hire training, new hire onboarding? Are there any sort of consistencies by industry, consistencies in general? Uh, what I found was a whole lot of notes. Uh, so my question to you and where I'd like to start the dialogue is how far out does your new hire onboarding orientation, new hire training program reach? Are you, are you doing things that are just focused on the first week? Maybe it's the first two weeks. What about the first 30 days? Are you going further out in time? Maybe it's the first 60 or the first 90 days. Are there any of you out there that are just really, really killing it by trying to plan out the first year? Um, I'm, I'm curious where you may have started and where you have ended up or where you're planning to end up as a result of some of the changes from 2020. Uh, the, uh, from my own perspective, I think, you know, there's no one size fits all approach. That's, that's for sure. No two businesses are exactly alike. So there is some need for being able to really tailor it to your organization. But I have found in most cases, if we spend the time to really think through that first 90 days and do our best to put some structure around it uh, so that it can be consistent, we can then start to set benchmarks. We can have measurable uh, insights that help us really understand how everything is performing. Are we having the right impact? Uh, 90 days is a really good span. Uh, it can be very overwhelming to think about trying to plan something out for that long. But there is tremendous benefit, not to say that one week or 30 days or 60 days doesn't give you benefit, but I think there's just something extra that starts to come at that 90-day period. Uh, the next question that I have is really trying to open the dialogue. What do you prepare when you build your new hire training, your new hire orientation and onboarding? Are you just focusing on the training? Um, so we'll we'll put all the HR paperwork and the HR onboarding aside, and we're really talking about what happens after they're realized as an employee. Do you just spend time trying to organize training? If that's the case, are you really focusing on one modality? Are you just doing instructor-led or virtual instructor-led as, as may be necessitated? Are you just delivering self-paced content? Or are you trying to get into a hybrid what about things like performance checklists or skill assessments, uh, on-the-job or shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder training? 
I found that many, many people are struggling with this particular area overall, mostly because we all just run out of time. Uh, we want to dedicate the time to open this can of worms, really explore it in all its glory. And then life happens and work happens and we just get swamped and it can be overwhelming for one person or for a small group of people within the learning function to just try and shoulder the burden. Uh, I found that in, in response to this challenge, that a collaborative approach, which relies on a partnership between the learning function, hiring managers, department heads, and other key resources throughout the organization go a long way. We shouldn't always feel like it is our burden to recreate the wheel. It should not be our burden as learning professionals to be the keeper of all knowledge. The knowledge exists throughout the organization, so tap into it. Not just for the one training intervention that you want to create over here or the one project over there, but consistently look for ways to tap into it at all times. What about uh, relative to maybe your first week of content? Has this been changed or revised due to the pandemic? And if so, how? Uh, what about any impacts that you may have experienced as it relates to a virtual or a remote workforce? I have to tell you that over the last six to eight months, I have seen some really, really cool things in this space. Companies have gotten really creative. Um, trying to figure out how we move a lot more of the shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder or the required in-person training, which might be very commonly found in restaurants, in retail, in hospitality venues, moving that stuff to a virtual online format so that we're knocking out all of that training, we're getting someone really ramped up and ready, and when they actually report to the physical workplace, they're not reporting there and spending more time entirely in shoulder to shoulder. Um, I've seen some really, really innovative approaches where, uh, where people have actually done a hybrid. Uh, they've built some pieces that were more immersive, self-paced. So kind of get your hands on role-based scenario-based experiences, uh, which is great for things like learning the point of sale, learning any particular systems or even processes and then I've seen where I need to go shoulder to shoulder, maybe if, if I'm in a restaurant um, and I need to learn how to manage the, uh, the line cook process, I need to be able to start and go through each station in the back of house. I'm going to spend some time here, spend some time there. Maybe it's in the front of house. Uh, there's a lot of that that historically has been shoulder to shoulder. And we put you kind of in a buddy system and you have your training week or your training two weeks before we take the training wheels off. Uh, I've actually seen this done in a hybrid where the, the new hire is able to participate in this remotely. The person who is in the store, in the physical workplace is using mobile technology. Maybe they're using their a laptop and they're walking around with a camera and they're saying, okay, so now we're here and this is our scenario. Tell me what to do. And they're getting the, uh, the new hire to really instruct them and then they're going to carry out all the actions, unless, of course, it is uh, extraordinarily dangerous. Uh, but they'll carry out the actions, whether it's right or wrong, and then have conversations about it so that we keep continue to reinforce the learning. And we really try to, uh, to be creative about how we can make that happen. 
Um, I'm curious if, if you felt any impacts due to safety concerns that might impact your new hire training, your new hire onboarding and orientation. As I mentioned, we've seen a lot of companies get creative and try to figure out how to, how to minimize the amount of time uh, that I've got you shoulder to shoulder with somebody or that I've got you doing something other than just working uh, so that we can carefully maintain safe distance. We can carefully follow safety protocols and other associated needs. Um, I'm also curious how many of you actually involve leadership in the process of either building these programs or revisiting and reevaluating these programs. It, in my experience, it is a great idea to workshop the process with leaders, uh, whether that is frontline managers, whether that's department heads or executives, really workshopping the process so that you're able to not only build something that checks the box, but build something that's flexible and scalable, all while still maintaining some ability to personalize. I think you know, one of the things that became painfully obvious to us last year, it's been obvious for a while, but it really, really was punctuated last year, is that the one-size-fits-all approach does not work. It may work some of the time. You may get okay results, but is okay results really what you want? Uh, we should be striving for excellence. And to get there, we have to find creative ways to allow personalization because people learn differently. People connect differently to the content. People apply the knowledge differently. And finding some ways to be creative in how you allow for personalization is key. Uh, are you building in these programs? Are you building department-specific content? Are you actually just kind of stopping at the foundational level? Uh, what I'm curious, I've seen this again all over the place, depending on the industry, depending on the strategy within the business. Uh, there's not a right or wrong. It is a matter of preference and a matter of what fits with the organization, but both parts do need to be considered in their entirety. That foundational common core, what can everybody benefit from? And then where do we invest our time to go specifically into a department or into a function and go deeper as part of that new hire program? And then I think the, the last question that I, I have found myself asking people as I've started trying to just understand what everybody's out there doing is what's your overall goal and objective with this new hire training and new hire orientation slash onboarding program? Do you have something defined or is it just, we need to teach them because they're new? If you do have an objective or a goal, did that change as a result of what happened in 2020? The reason that I have asked this question to a number of people is because I'm, number one, just curiosity. I'm, I'm very curious what people are doing. And number two, I'm really curious as to whether or not people are missing opportunities to capture insights that would help you measure not only the impact of your training, but the efficacy of training. I think a lot of times it can be easy when we think about something like a new hire program. It's more about compliance. It's more about check the box. Did everybody do all the parts that we said you needed to do? Compliance, 
doesn't always get you the right result. If your intention or the need is to change behaviors, change mindsets, change attitudes, to immerse somebody in a new process or a new anything, compliance is not always going to get you there. Um, Just because I did it doesn't mean I paid attention. Just because I paid attention doesn't mean I actually absorbed the information, doesn't mean I internalized it, nor does it mean that I am capable of consistently applying that knowledge. So, you know, it's, I've heard a lot of people are really stuck in that compliance land from a a new hire training, onboarding, orientation. Um, We try and set out something for the first 60 or 90 days, and our main goal is just that they all do it. But what if we could use this span of time with a new hire to really start capturing different checkpoints and milestones along the way, collecting information and understanding how they're progressing? So I think about, you know, really digging deeper to understand what it is you're trying to impact. And then how can I, how can I measure that so that I can understand if I am having the impact? This could be as simple as introducing a, a series of knowledge checks or uh, tests to check for knowledge retention. You could insert a few on-the-job training activities, which allow for this validation or observation in applying what I've learned. You could also do something really cool like skill assessments. Uh, Maybe do a pulse on day one, get a baseline. This employee has joined our organization and relative to the core competencies in their role, they're at a baseline, let's say a two out of a five. Um, So when we get to day 30, Our goal is that we move them from two out of five to maybe three out of five. And by the time we get to 90 days, our hope is maybe we get them to four out of five. Um, So, you know, that, that is something to think of something to, to marinate for a minute. Um, It is again, um, these questions that I've posed here in this particular podcast are questions that I have been asking people for several months um, through networking activities, through events, through just general emails and text messages with friends and other colleagues. And I'm finding that we're, we're sort of all over the map, but I think everybody is starting to get to a, a common place of understanding of how we need to rethink where we need to put our energy, where we need to reimagine or re-envision. So with that, hopefully you've now got a lot of questions to really sit there with and, and kind of process and use those as a lens through which to view your own programs and determine if there is a need for innovation. And with that, uh, keep innovating, keep sharing, keep growing, and always keep an open ear, an open heart, and an open mind so that you can always keep learning. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, and never stop learning.